0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I'm back. It's been a minute. I have a valid excuse though. I wasn't in the country and I didn't take my recording equipment with me. As I told you, I was likely not to do. But here I am back amongst the West at my desk, looking at my mountains, and the wonderful city of Los Angeles. Feels good to be home. But Accra was dope. Ghana is amazing. When people ask me what is Ghana like, I give them two answers. One, Haiti. Ghana and Haiti might as well be the same place. Same vibe, same energy. Ghana's a little more industrialized, but more or less, same, same dirt. Haiti up in the mountains has that orange dirt too that Ghana has everywhere. Same people. The market women in Haiti, the market women in Ghana, all carry items on their heads. They have the same build, same cheekbone structure. It's the same place. It's, I want to say, oh, it's weird because they're so far apart. But if you pick up masses of people from Ghana and then you transport them across the Atlantic, their origin story doesn't change. So, yeah, if you can't make it to Africa, you know, expense or don't have the time off, Africa is far as T-Boss pointed out at the end of Belly. The other thing that I say about Ghana is it's like Wakanda. You know that scene in Black Panther where T'Challa and Lupita are walking down the street through the market and there's vendors on each side of the road in backpacks with like quote-unquote African print, kente cloth, Ankara print, or is it Ankara? That's what Ghana's like. Like you drive around and all the billboards are like black people and like a black man and a visibly black woman and a visibly black child. Like the women and children are not like ambiguously black where you're like, is she, isn't she, how much is she mixed with? No, brown man, brown woman, brown baby. It's, It's fascinating. Women in the ads, there are some weave ads, but women in the ads will have like kinky hair. And it's not even like a kinky hair ad. It's just... The woman in the ad has kinky hair and that's that. It's being the default. You go to Ghana when you wanna be the default. I got called white when I was in Ghana. I was at a festival, Chale Wote Festival, which is kinda like an Atlantic Antic in Brooklyn with more focus on art and more black people than I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like Bourbon Street. Take the numbers of people at Mardi Gras, because Mardi Gras is not black. I thought it was until I went. And I was like, where all these white people come from? Yeah, it was weird. Bourbon Street for Mardi Gras is more packed, more densely packed than during Essence Festival, even during its biggest year. It was that for two miles for the Chaliwote Festival. And like, I saw four white people. I was not one of the white people, even though I got called white. I'm a brown girl sort of in America and Gunions come in all colors, but by and large, there are brown people, like a chocolate brown people. And amongst the sea of chocolate brown, I, I am not chocolate brown. It is what it is. But at the festival, I was walking around with a group of friends and we got separated into two groups. And I ended up with a small group about five people. And, you know, I got my cameras and I like to go wander off and take pictures and look at things and explore. Like, I'm a very tactile person. So I got separated from the group. And I didn't even realize I was separated. Like, I was maybe like 10 feet away. But they were looking for me and they were nervous because I was by myself. And someone spotted them looking concerned and was like, oh, are you looking for the white girl? And there was a white girl with the bigger group, an actual white person. Cool as shit. Nicola. Nicola. She's the best. Anyway, they're like, oh, no, we're not looking for a white girl. Like, we don't have a white girl with us. And they were like, yeah, yeah, the white girl with the blonde hair and the long dress. She's over there. And they were like, nah, whatever. So the guy was like, no, no, your friend. And he like sort of guided them to me. He was like the white girl, right? And they were like, um, hey, Demetria. I had to put it in context and process it that race is a social construct. Our distinction of white and black is largely based on melanin amount. And in other countries, white doesn't necessarily mean the same thing there. So white there could mean visibly not African or appears to be mixed, or it could be a class thing. When I was in Kenya a few years ago, I was sitting at the bar trying to figure out the tip. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me talk about Cousin Gary. He's not actually family, but at this point he's family, if that makes sense. We used to travel, all over the world together. Until that fateful Kenya trip in which my close friend was traveling with her best friend, I was traveling with him. He meets my close friend's best friend. They hit it off. It's like four years ago, they're married with a kid and another one on the way. That child should arrive sometime in December. He will be referred to as my nephew. Very excited about this. Anyway, the point is me and cousin Gary sitting at the bar This white dude intervenes and he's like, oh, they don't really tip here. But if you want to give them something, 10%. So he hears our accents. We've struck up a conversation about tipping. So he starts talking to us. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, you know, white like you and me. And he was like British or Australian white. They have a similar understanding of whiteness that we do in the States. And I was like, wait, wait, white like you and me. No, 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 visibly black. Edges, no, no, not white. A little lighter than some, but darker than white, clearly. But I learned to understand in that context, as an American that far from home, sitting in, I guess would be considered an upscale bar. I'm not considered black. I'm considered American first. And because I must have a little change to be that far from home, hanging out in that place, then I must be the same class as this white guy. And somehow a black woman from Maryland and a white guy from either Australia or the UK somehow become equals because we're in Africa. Because he wouldn't have called me white if we were in Australia. And he wouldn't have called me white in the US no matter where we were sitting. It's just weird, no? Use my words, not weird. It's a social construct and it is inconsistent varying from country to country. This is strange. You know what else is strange? That horrible ass power theme song. It's terrible. I don't know why Fitty and cousin Courtney would go change the theme song after five seasons. I went to some Hot 97 or Power 105 concert in New York. It was 50 Cent and G Unit, some reunion. He performed the power theme song on stage and people were rocking to it. So it's like, I know that you know that we like the theme song as is. Why would you go and change that theme song, Fitty? And people were so upset about it. Trey Songs was like, Y'all hurt my feelings. And let me just be real clear I like Trey Songs, he makes filthy nasty sexual music, and I find it very delightful. I have a whole playlist of it. There is a time, a place, and a wonderful occasion for Trey Song's music. I think he has a lovely voice. I think Tremaine, Trigger, I think he's nice to look at and easy on the eye. He's aged quite nicely. He's very thin when he started. He's a broad-chested man these days. That's not the point I'm making, though. The point that I'm making, He has a beautiful voice, but it just wasn't the song for him. That's not Joe's song. That's Joe's song. And the people let it be known. That's a prime example of folks just not knowing the worth of what they got. Because that power theme song, it's up there with Golden Girls. It's up there with the Jeffersons, A Different World. We've been listening to the damn theme song for five years. Ain't nobody ever complained like, oh my God, I hate the theme song, The Power. They just went and changed it for no good damn reason. 50 supposed to be directing the next episode and he said he's going to change it back. So I hope that's the case because I, I thoroughly do not enjoy it. I also don't thoroughly enjoy power. I've been hate watching that show for like a good three seasons now. I'm not rooting for anybody on it. They could in no particular order kill three of the four main characters plus Lakeisha and I wouldn't care. I don't want Tasha to die, but I wouldn't cry like, you know, like William on This Is Us died. I wouldn't say that about Ghost. I ain't say it about Angie. I wouldn't say it about Tyreek. Yes, I know that's a child. I don't care. He could die. Tommy, he done killed so many people. He deserves to die. Lakeisha, I know she's a mother. She could die too. I just don't care. I'm sitting here debating whether I'm going to talk about Lala's ass. Or her acting skills. Fuck it. It looks like she's had another body makeover. She's very full. Lot of titty, lot of hip, whole lot of ass. It's not necessarily bad. It's just a lot. I don't think I want her third surgeon. But if she'd like to slide me over the number to the first one. I want to say that was around the time she got married. That face and that body were a good look. Real, real good work there. Lala also can't act. I like Lala. I think she's wonderful. I'm gonna move on now. Sort of. My notes say that I'm supposed to say more things about power. It's so unrealistic. Last episode, Tasha went up in the apartment. Jamie was like, I took you off the list. How'd you get up here? And then when she was leaving, he was like, stay out my house. You don't live here anymore. Sir, this is where this woman raised her young children. This is where her youngest daughter almost lost her life when the souvenir you brought back from the date on your mistress almost choked your young baby. You're going to turn around and tell this woman who bore three of your children and one of them is recently murdered to stay out your house because you don't live here anymore. And then go sitting up in there in that nice penthouse. I don't know what they did with that good furniture because it used to look nice. Now it looks like a jankity bachelor pad. You had nice stuff. What you do with your nice stuff? Then he got his, his wife and his youngest baby living in some pieced together New York apartment. Which if you live in New York, you weren't appalled when Tasha walked into the apartment. Please believe that was a good like four or five G's a month with that horrible jankity ass kitchen. When it panned out, the apartment looked a little nicer. It looked like it had some nice windows at least. It was just the kitchen was shit. You start looking at New York real estate, it would be like $5,000 and the kitchen ain't been updated since the 80s. No stainless steel, no central air, no washing machine, no view. You're going to be looking at the wall of the apartment building next to you. But you're in Manhattan though. Did I tell y'all I didn't get that job? The talk show job. I think I talked about it like two months or so ago my manager called to follow up. Like we followed up twice and they were like, oh, we haven't made a decision. We haven't made a decision. And then we called earlier this week and they were like, oh, we decided to go in a different direction. And we were like, um, okay. So I'm like a different direction, like the show is off or a different direction and y'all chose somebody else. I guess I'll see come fall 2020. I was kind of bummed about it, but way less bummed than I thought I would be. I guess because it took so long to hear back. I kind of figured that I wasn't their choice, but also I really didn't want to move back to New York. Like I stayed out there for a week for the interview and I was like, yeah, like if I get it, I'll come back. But if I don't, I'm good in LA. And I don't want to pass it off as like, you know how a dude try to holler at you And he's like, hey, baby, you looking good, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, no, I got a man. I'm not interested. Well, fuck you then. I don't want to pass it off like that. It's definitely not that. It was definitely something I was interested in. Like, I've always wanted a talk show. But I really ain't want to move back to New York. So I'm kind of bummed about the idea that yet another talk show offer has come and gone. And they say we went in a different direction. But at the end of the day, I feel like I didn't deliver. That's something that I'm reconciling with. I am bummed about it. But when my manager told me he was like oh yeah they decided to go in a different direction more than anything i was relieved new york is hard i'm not hard anymore and i kind of like it i don't want to be on guard all the time i did decide i would keep pursuing the talk show idea it's not like oh this didn't happen so a dream deferred forever i just need to go back to thinking about how to make that happen on my own terms and in L.A. I prefer to stay here as long as possible. You want to hear something crazy? It's another Ghana story. So. I'm in Ghana. The girl who organizes the trip. Davida. I call her my sister. She has an actual biological sister. Who last year I made my sister too. I also call her mom mom. It just, I have no idea what her mother's name is. Like mom. Mom. She turns around, so she, you know, she's responsive. Anyway, my sister's sister decides she's gonna start a waste bead company. So she gets all these waste beads. I'm upstairs in their suite. She's lining them up on the table. We're drinking Malibu straight, talking about nothing. So she's like, "D, you want some waste beads?" And I'm like, "Nah, I don't want no waste beads." And she's like, "D, some waste beads. Have some waste beads." And I'm like, "No, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. I'm not really a waste bead type of chick." And she was like, how do you not be a bead type of chick? There's like femininity and sensuality. She was like, you can attract men. And I was like, so here's the thing. I don't really want to attract men right now. I'm in like work mode, grind mode, focus mode. I actually decided in August that I was going to take yet another year off dating, just so I could like enjoy like not having to communicate, negotiate, share my bed, share anything, including a bathroom, compromise. I want to do none of that shit. I just want to be super selfish and focus entirely on my wants, my desires, and my needs. So no, if waist beads are going to attract men, I definitely do not want any waist beads. She's married with two kids. She was like, you sound nuts. Married people always want people to like, I wouldn't necessarily say they want them to be married. Married people always want people to be having wild sex. And I don't know if that's because they're having wild sex. And so they're just like, oh, I want everyone to have this because this is so great. Or they're not having sex. And so they were like, I want to live vicariously through single people. I guess it depends on the type of marriage you are. But married people in general always want people to have the sex. Anyway, I'm like, no beads for me. Thanks, ma'am. No men, no beads. And she was just like, I don't, I don't understand your life. So throughout the trip, she's like, have some beads. I'm like, no, everybody else on the trip gets beads. I keep hanging out in their room and people come up and are getting wasted by Mika. That's the name of her company. So I'm like, wow, these beads are really beautiful. They're really gorgeous. You know, I keep looking at the beads. I take pictures of the beads. I put them on Instagram. She's like, thanks for advertising my beads. I actually would just like you to wear the beads. And I was like, cool, but you know, no beads. Last day of the trip, we're about to leave for the airport. The beads are still laid out because she's staying an extra day. And she was like, D, just take some beads. You watch me put all these beads on people. You know how to put the beads on now. Just take the beads, put them on at some point. You'll want the beads. So I'm like, fine, the beads really are beautiful. Maybe someday it'll strike me and I'll put these beads on. Long story short, I get back to the States. I unpack immediately because I have serial killer tendencies. Within 20 minutes of me being back, I have unpacked the bags, put all the dirty clothes away, sorted them, and getting ready to wash them. Like, I just, I'm very neurotic in that way. So the beads are sitting on the table. Mika texts me about something or another. And then I feel bad because she's like so wonderful and so sweet. And I feel like I've been mean about these beads. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put these beads on because it would make Mika happy to know that I'm wearing these beads. So I put the beads on, forget to text her. Somewhere on the other side of the country, my crazy cousin, I don't even know how old she is. So there's 26. That's the one that always wants me to drink tequila but I know she's 26 because she's always telling me I'm 26, I'm grown. Cousin on the other side of the country. She might be 36. I have no idea. Let's go with 36. That cousin is a lawyer, raised by lawyers. Her everyday natural negotiation skills are like the absolute best. When I was living in DC, I went like apartment hunting with her. This chick got me like $250 off and an extra parking space just on GP. Just Just that's what she felt like doing today. Light work. Actually, I'm glad I didn't take that place. It was really cute. It wasn't the Apollo. It was the building across the street. The Apollo wouldn't budge on anything. They were like, take it or leave it. That rooftop view was almost worth taking it. I came really close to living in Apollo on 8th Street. That's not the point. The point is, 36 is at dinner with friends. She met this guy, just a friend. And she met him when he was married. So in her head, she was just like, oh, married, married, married. Then he was no longer married. So she's sitting at the table with him and she was like, I didn't think about it because in my head, like he's like someone I can't hook up because, you know, married, which I was like, that's a good reason not to hook somebody up. So she's sitting at the table and it dawns on her. Oh, shit. He's actually available and he would be dope for my cousin. So she tells him about me and he was like, well, let me see the pictures. And he was like, oh, yeah, I want to meet her. So she's like, oh, she lives in L.A. He's like, planes go to L.A. That's fine. That's fine. And she was like, all right, let me hit her up. Make sure it's cool. She sends me a picture. You know what my type is. Every single guy I've ever dated looks like my high school boyfriend. It's, it's what I like. I figured it out very early on in life. Every single dude I have ever seriously dated, with the exception of one, that's it. Everybody else looks like my ex-husband, who looks like the guy before him, who looks like all the guys in my 20s who all go back to looking like the guy that I like first fell in love with when I was 14. So she shows me the picture and I'm like, God damn. Cause each one, they keep getting better and better, better and better. Cheekbones are more chiseled one by one. This is not the point. The point is ask her a few more follow-up questions. All the answers please me. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Give him my number. He called me that night and then he called me the next night And then he called me the night after that. We talked on the phone for like two hours, two and a half hours each time. Text throughout the day. Dude asked me after the third conversation if he could come take me on a date in LA. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you ever happen to find yourself in LA and you would like to take me out on a date, so be it. That'd be dope. I actually like would like to meet you. Cause we have good conversation and you're very attractive. And you know, we know some of the same people. So I would like that. That would be great. So he was like, well, all right, I'll let you know some dates. We just met. We talking shit. It is what it is. It pleases me. It amuses me. I think it's cute that he said it. I don't really think that much of it. Next day we text, but I don't talk to him. Actually, I was on deadline. I had to finish up a piece that I was working on. I wake up the next morning. He sent me his itinerary. He booked a ticket to come to L.A. to take me to dinner. I'm floored. I'm like, this is some wild shit. How did this, like, really nice, really gorgeous man with an awesome disposition fall out of the sky? And I'm on some, like, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I'm talking to my sister about dude, And it hits me out of the blue. I was like, oh, shit, those damn waist beads. So, yeah, so he's coming to L.A. And I'm looking forward to meeting him in person. My Facebook friends keep teasing me. They're like, you're going to have a husband. I'm like, I have not met this man. I don't know that I want another husband. Husbands require a lot. You know how married people are like, it's not for the weak. Strong women. I'm like, you know what, you got that, sis. I'm a weak chick because I won't put up with the shit you will. You got it. Or maybe you just got a good husband and your husband treats you nice and it's not like a gigantic headache. That wasn't my story. So now I got to find a new dress. I have like 50 million dresses, I know. But a lot of my dresses are actually very, like, wifely dresses. They're not like single girl dresses. Anybody have a recommendation for something classy with a hint of hoe? Like, please let me know. Just send me some DMs, Demetria L. Lucas on Instagram. I'd appreciate that it would make me feel empowered. Speaking of empowering women, the annual Black Girls Rock Awards are coming up on BET. Can I tell you, I used to go to Black Girls Rock. It had to be like 10, 12 years ago at this point. The invite said it was at the Lincoln Center, but it was really across the way in like a small ballroom with a stage and some like Ballroom, regular chairs, no fancy chairs, lined up. It might have been 300 people, maybe. That might be very, very, very far overestimated. But Bev mom was a DJ forever and a day. She still is. And she knew everybody and their mother. So she asked them to come to her award show. She either wanted them to perform or she wanted to honor them or she wanted folks to be in their presence to celebrate them. So tiny little ballroom. Erica Badu performed, Faith performed. What's the woman? Foxy Brown from the exploitation. Everybody and their mother was there. It was like this very intimate celebration of Black women celebrating Black women. And no one was paying attention to it. Like everyone attended it. But media-wise, there wasn't coverage of it or anything. And then it moved to BET and it's blown up into this huge, huge thing. I'm so proud of Bev. Russell Simmons used to have this magazine called One World and I did a profile of Bev Bond on the day she was moving into some apartment and she had to carry her record, her own record crates up to a four story apartment. Sis has come a long way. Like I'm super, super, super proud of her. She's, and she's a really dope, nice woman on top of all of that. So black girls rock safe spaces for celebration and affirmation of black women and girls have never been more important. Former supermodel activist and Black Girls Rock founder, DJ Beverly Bond, understood this long ago. Black Girls Rock is in a league of its own, a powerful, beautiful television event that reminds the world of how phenomenal Black women are. And it's back Sunday, September 8th at 8, 7 central on BET. This year's theme, Our Legacy, is now. The always fierce and now Emmy nominated Nisi Nash is our host for Black Girls Rock this year. Awards of excellence are going to brilliant actors such as Angela Bassett and Regina King, music and fashion superstar Ciara, the activists known as the Mothers of the Movement, powerhouse producer Deborah Martin Chase, musical phenomenon Her, plus Monica, Erica Badu, Ari Lennox, L. Varner, and Common are performing. Black Girls Rock cannot be missed September 8th at 8, 7 central on BET. For looks and moments, hit up your socials with hashtag Black Girls Rock. Somebody tell BET to holler at me if they want me to live tweet the show. What else is going on in this great big world? Nate Parker is back. You remember Nate Parker. He was the producer, director, writer, and star Birth of a Nation, but he had some unfortunate history, participated in an incident where he was alleged to have raped his college classmate, he and another man. He was found not guilty. But when the, the story of what happened to the young woman came to fruition around the time that Birth of a Nation was being promoted by Parker, and he put the story out there, tried to jump in front of it before the media got a hold of it, And um, when people started questioning him about it, he didn't handle it in a very good way. For most of the press run for Birth of a Nation, he's an asshole about it. People really didn't want to go to the movies. Despite it being a a worthy film about Nat Turner's rebellion, people didn't want to support Nate Parker. So they stayed away from the movie. And even though it was a big hit at Sundance, it got no Oscar nods. I don't know if it got any nods for any of the, uh, the award shows for films that season and Parker's been pretty quiet since but he does have a new film on the horizon American Skin it's about a father whose 14 year old son is killed it's produced by Spike Lee Parker is again speaking about the unfortunate incident from his college days and this time about how he handled his last press run he told reporters recently that he was tone deaf and the way that he responded to questions about that incident from his college years. So I actually wrote about it on Facebook, and I said, hey, you know, Nate Parker's back. He's got a new film. He's atoning. He's taking accountability. And he says that he recognizes now that the way that he handled the press run and the way that he responded to questions about the young woman who eventually committed suicide, I don't know if that was necessarily connected to him, but he said he didn't handle it right. And I asked people, would they be willing to forgive Parker to support his new film? I'm actually willing to give him a shot. I was very vocal about how he handled the story during the press run, A Birth of a Nation. Parker did an interview and he name dropped me as, you know, someone whose work that he read, that he'd taken my words into consideration. And I appreciated that. Not the name drop, but that I was heard and had an impact on on maybe his outlook my issue even then wasn't necessarily what he did as a college student it was that 20 years later you couldn't look at the actions that you took as an 18 year old and been like you know what I really was stupid and I really hope you can forgive me and understand that I'm not the person that I was I feel awful for the pain the harm that I've caused Two people, Something along those lines. Don't be an asshole in the way that he was. Like that was my biggest issue at the time. I just thought that trying to hold a 38-year-old man accountable for what he did as a 20-something-year-old. I'm 40. I'm not the same person I was at 20. I'm not even the same person I was at 35. Time does make a difference if you use it well. I didn't necessarily think Parker used it well. But three years later, he's back. He's checking his tone, which says to me that either you got a better publicist or you finally decided to listen to the publicist you had cuz actually tons of people were like we told him what to do, he just refused to do it. I'm like, "Sir, these people are getting good checks for good work. They can get your ass out of crisis. You ain't want to be out the crisis. You you want to be right when you were wrong." But it seems this time around he's either had some reflection or he's decided to listen to a publicist and I believe in second chances. People get really upset with me sometimes when I say that, but I have been given second chances. I am living a second chance right now. So I feel that the grace that I want people to extend to me, it is only fair that I extend that grace to others. Even when they do terrible shit. A lot of folks said they weren't willing to forgive him. They were like, he's a raping rapist who raped, allegedly. And they're not trying to hear nothing from him. They feel like he's only saying that he was tone deaf because he has this new film, which he is the star of. But they're saying that he's only apologizing because he wants to keep his career and he wants folks to pay attention to his new film. Maybe. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I hope that he is a better man. He got five daughters and a wife. I'm like, sir, you need to be a better man. You don't really want that karma for your kids. Reviews of the film have been very strong. We'll see. I'll give it a whirl. If he don't say nothing else stupid, I'm willing to hear him out. Speaking of people who say wild things, Dave Chappelle. I love me some Dave Chappelle. Like, let me just be real clear. Like, I am biased. I think the Chappelle show was one of the best shows ever to be on television. I remember the Chappelle show would come on Sunday nights. I remember Monday morning headed to work after the Little John episode and somebody yelled, WHAT?! On the train, and the whole train just bust out in laughter. Stupid! The whole country was watching Chappelle show. It was it was a great pop culture moment. Dave walked away from fifty mil, went to South Africa, went to Durban. People were like, "Oh my God, he's going to Africa!" A few years after that, I had the great fortune to go to South Africa and go to Durban. Shit's like Vegas. That's where the casinos are and the best beaches. And I went to stay with this girl who was a friend of a friend. We would go to beach clubs for sundowners every night. And it was just fucking awesome. South Africa has amazing wine. It's cheap as shit because the dollar is so strong. It's an amazing time. People were like, oh my God, Dave Chappelle went to Durban. It's like, oh my God, Dave Chappelle went to the Ritz-Carlton. Essentially, that's what it was. It's a major city. It has like, you know... Tall, fancy, sparkling buildings and like really beautiful beaches and the best Mozambican food I've ever had, which I'm not really sure the food was that great or because the waiters were so beautiful. I've always wanted to go to Mozambique. Most beautiful men I've ever seen. You know what they look like because you know what I like. Dark skin, James Evans noses with the high cheekbones. They'd all be chiseled. Gorgeous men. But anyway, I say all that to say. Dave Chappelle turned that 50 million down. He had a bunch of millions by then anyway. So it wasn't like, like, oh, I'm going to live in, you know, destitute and starve. Like, no, he was fine. Many years later, like 10, Netflix comes and was like, hey, Dave, you want to do some stand-ups? We'll give you 60 million. And Dave was like, sure. So he's done a couple stand-ups and, you know, they've been received well. This most recent one, Sticks and Stones, people are really mad at Dave Chappelle. The critics have gone in on his ass. They're like, it's not funny. It's just offensive. He's out of jokes and so he's being crass. He's disconnected. I think the special came out while I was in Ghana. I didn't get to see it until I came back. I'm pretty sure I could have because Netflix is worldwide. I just didn't have the downtime to watch it. So I watched it literally like the day I got back and I was expecting just based on the criticism to be so enraged and so offended. It really was like some of the most offensive shit I'd ever heard. But my God, it was funny as fuck. On the short list of people that Dave Chappelle offended, women over 36, the L's, the G's, the B's, and the T's, children allegedly molested by Michael Jackson. He talked about heroin addicts. He talked about his own damn kid getting shot in a school shooting. He talked about his own audience. He was like, if you don't like what I had to say, like you clicked on me. He talked about down low men. He talked about his former employer, Comedy Central. He talked about Asians. He talked about abortions. He talked about the Me Too movement. He talked about white people in general, poor white people specifically, the French actor known as Juicy Smoulet, and Nigerians. It was a free for all of fuck everyone. It was hilarious. Like it went off and I started over and laughed again. Like I didn't know what was coming next. I howled. I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. It was so inappropriate. The mofo said he would have fucked Macaulay Culkin as a kid. He talked about his own child. His blood biological shares his DNA child getting shot in a school shooting. It was so inappropriate I kept saying to the screen Dave 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 it's good comedy the shit was funny there's a punchline to all of it like he was talking about a comedy central he got called into HR because he was using too many f-bombs and he was like well why can't why is it that we can say the n-bomb but we can't say the f-bomb and she was like because you're not homosexual And Dave was like, but I'm not an N-bomb either. He always makes you think. And that's kind of why I like Dave Chappelle's comedy. It's not just crassness for crass sake. There's a point to it. I said publicly, and I was like, oh my God, this shit is hilarious. Like, I laughed, I howled, like I yelped, like I fell off the couch. Like, this was hysterical. And people were like, Demetria... I feel like with a platform of your size, it's really irresponsible for you to endorse something like Dave Chappelle. I'm like, do y'all listen to me? Because if you really, really listen to me, I've never been all that respectable. Like I got mad at Tiffany Haddish for like hopping over that rope like the goddamn help to go search down that white woman who dismissed her. And by that white woman, I mean Meryl Streep. Now, I don't think anybody really needs to be hopping over a rope in a goddamn gown anyway. But if she did it for Oprah, I wouldn't have had shit to say. If she did it for Felicia Rashad, I wouldn't have shit to say. If she did it for Debbie Allen, Angela Bassett, Toni Morrison, may God rest her soul. If she did it for a black woman who deserved the reverence, sure. Meryl Streep, who dismissed you like you were the fucking help? Sis, get some self and some composure about you. It was just too much. And yes, in general, I do have issues with with some of the shit Tiffany Haddish does. She's calmed down a little bit. But that extra for extraness' sake, and nah, it's not really my thing. But I've never really played into, like, respectability politics that way. I just don't put my titties out on the gram. I mean, until recently. But people think, like, if you literally are not showing your ass, then you must be on some respectability shit. Like, no. One of the reasons I get away with saying wild shit is because I don't look wild. It's intentional it's also just comfortable wearing spandex all the time really ain't that fucking comfortable y'all saw the bad bitch support group on black lady sketch show i haven't watched it since i came back and i got rid of my um direct tv now and hulu i just have netflix and amazon prime i think i'm gonna get hulu back though so i could watch this wu-tang show somebody send me their hulu account i done made so many fake emails so i could use hulu for that 30-day trial Can somebody just let me like hold their Hulu account real quick? I just want to watch Wu-Tang. You could change it. You could change the password after like a week. You could DM me that too. Thanks. What else is going on? Oh, so much good TV happened. Queen Sugar. Every episode of Queen Sugar, I feel like is the last episode of the season. And now Greenleaf is back on. And I'm like, wait, so Greenleaf and Queen Sugar at the same time? Did Queen Sugar end? I, I don't know. I like Queen Sugar. I don't hate watch it. I genuinely like the show. I think it's smart and it's, it's well-written and it's the redemption of Nova. We talked about that. Nova been coming back around. Everyone seems to have, have forgiven her or is working towards complete forgiveness. She did good this last episode where she drove Aunt Vi to confront her ex-husband. I don't think I said this when David Allen Greer first did a cameo on queen sugar this season he's a, a wonderful actor he's really really good he had me mad at him like he was m-i-s-t-e-r jimmy dale that's his name i couldn't think of it for nothing in the world he sat in a booth with hollywood and was like "What you say young blood <laughs> it's like david allen greer is a fool i want to see more from him i would accept him as a lead in the show i like him bunches i want to see more from him i still don't love nova but she around not really feeling this ralph angel darla reunion i mean i kind of saw it coming i really liked him with chocolate lawyer she was just buttons cute i'm like put her on something else i just want to look at her she's just cute to look at she's so pretty like a little doll i liked her for ralph angel darla whispering darla her and ralph angel scenes require closed captioning like and I love Ralph Angel. I tolerate Darla about the same way Aunt Vi does. Like, all right, you blues mama. Ralph Angel, he back with you. Okay. All right. All right. I didn't like to see her relapse, though. I do feel that she's, she's tried very hard to get her life back together, and I respect that. I just ain't no real big fan of Darla. She just, yeah. Your girl, Charlie. Child, I knew Micah was going to tell Charlie that he wasn't going to Harvard. And I knew Charlie was going to react the way my mama reacted. When I told her I wasn't going to law school, I knew Charlie was going to go full Camille. I knew it, but watching it happen to someone else and then Micah's little face, I had a flashback and I was like, oh dear God, I almost burst into tears watching that. And I kept yelling at the screen, Charlie, 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 stop, stop, stop. It's not like the boy said he wasn't going to college and he was going, I don't know, go be a rapper or some shit. He was like, I'm going to college. I'm going to a different college than the one that you want. Plenty of people go to HBCU's undergrad and then go get their grad degree at like Harvard or Princeton or Yale or Columbia, NYU, whatever. The child is going to be fine. Micah has a really good head on his shoulders. He just don't want to be what Charlie wants him to be. And that's okay. Or it should be okay. Charlie just could not see beyond her own ambitions. And went off on her son, just crushed the poor boy's dreams, was looking around for somebody to blame. Was like, Kiki, did you know? Kiki is an 18-year-old child who is not yours and don't owe you shit to tell you shit. She looked at Nova. Nova was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. But Nova kept trying to pop up and intervene, which was the right thing to do. But she's the wrong person to do it. I'm like, sis, you just got back on solid ground. You need to pipe down. Aunt Vi tried to intervene. Charlie was just on one. Just like, sis. And then, you know, like, I relate heavily to Charlie for various reasons. And I was like, oh, shit. When I have my flip outs, is this what I look like? That's not a pretty picture. I had to do some self-evaluation. Sitting in the scene, I'm both Micah and Charlie. I was like, who wrote this episode? Who's been watching me? That was hard. You know what else was hard? I kind of grazed past that. That Jimmy Dale scene... When Aunt Vi, it wasn't necessarily her walking away from Jenny, Jimmy Dale. She was like, you ain't shit. And when that light bulb went off, I've had that moment a couple times. But when old girl walked up and Aunt Vi told the girl, the girl's own life story. And she was like, yeah, I know your life. You, this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. And I know how it ends up. And she was like, can I know it? Because I lived it. I'm going to tell you what happens if you stay. But I can also tell you there's more for you if you go. Come with me. I had a woman, an ex, someone I was deeply involved with, redacted. She had called me for assistance with an issue she was having with him. And she told me her side of the story. And I knew she wasn't lying and she wasn't wrong. But as a spouse, even one on the way out the door, because by then I had boxes packed. You're supposed to stand in union with your spouse. So your spouse does some dumb shit. You wait to get in the car and curse them out. You wait till you get home to be like, and tell them about themselves. Like you're supposed to give the united front. That's what marriage is. So she's telling me this story and I'm just like, yeah, you, you need to speak to him about that. Like I, I can't get involved. Father of your children, you, you got to deal with him on that one. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as I can I'm trying to check my ego about it. I'm embarrassed that this other woman is calling me about my spouse and like, you know, basically giving me a light tap, telling me to get my, my house in order. Cause it's spinning out. And then I'm also sitting there thinking like, the fuck, how'd I get up in this shit? Like I done work my whole life trying to avoid some bullshit. And then here I am sitting in the middle of some shit and like auntie, what was auntie's name? Mother of black Hollywood. She was like, if you sit in shit long enough, it stops thinking. That's exactly what had happened. So chicken is, is telling me these details. And then she was like, I know, you know, that I'm telling you the truth because I've been where you are. And she was like, I know that when X happened, he does Y. And when Y happens, he does Z. And when A and B happens, C occurs, he does this, he does this, he does this, he does this. She ran off a quick list of five points telling me about my life. Cause she had once lived it with him. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, the things that I'm dealing with that I think I've caused to make him act this way because I'm horrible and terrible and everyone hates me and they'll just hate me even more if I leave you. He's the buffer between me and the rest of the world that hates me and I won't be shit and I wasn't shit and he's the only reason I am shit. I'll go back to being nothing. All types of shit like that, right? She says that shit to me. (laughs) Huh. I cried when I watched, I had to stop. I sat at my laptop and just bawled. But I was like, all this time I've been thinking like, I'm a horrible person, and this is why he behaves the way that he does. And maybe I am actually a horrible person. That's what I'm thinking at the time. But that's just how he is. Cause she ain't me and she got the same story in detail. So I had gone to get boxes and I started packing stuff, but I hadn't called the movers. I went to sleep that night. I woke up at 9 a.m., called the movers and was like, my birthday was on a Saturday, called the movers on maybe a Tuesday. I was out the following Monday. So when vibe read up on my old girl and was like, let me tell you your life because I lived it. I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, baby girl, you got to get in the car. Baby girl, you got to get in the car. She was standing there stuck on stupid while Jimmy Dale was yelling whatever. He was yelling from the porch about where she needed to go and what she can and cannot do and blah, blah, blah. And baby girl blocked all that shit out and got in the car. And I was like, oh, my God. I got in the damn car. I got out. And I cried all over again. (sighs) Queen sugar. I tune in just to watch TV. I don't tune in for therapy. I just want a good plot line and some good acting. I want to relate to the characters and be like, oh, this is what they are going through. I don't need y'all to be taking me through stuff too. Sometimes I share stuff and people write in and they're like, Demetria, how is it that you can be a life coach when like your life, it be so fucked up? And I'd be like, that's exactly why I could be a life coach. Shit. I mean, some parts of it are fucked up. All of it ain't fucked up. And Lord knows it ain't as fucked up as it was. But if I can share that testimony with somebody and they can be like, you know what, sis, I ain't got to put up with that shit either. Maybe I've helped someone. I don't know. Let's hope so. Let's move along. I feel depressed now. Let's not be depressed. We haven't talked in a while. I don't want to have an unhappy conversation. I watched Greenleaf. Yeah. Everybody hates Gigi. That's what I used to call that show for years. Everybody still hates Gigi. You know who I hate? Charity. So she was lovely until they gave her lines. She ain't had no plot for like the first two seasons. Now they gave her some story. And her story is just like, I'm dramatic. No one pays attention to me. I have hissy fits and my ex-husband left me because he was gay. I'm Just like, bae. Actually, if I just had a new baby. And then I was supposed to have two babies, but one of the babies passed away. And then I find out my husband, who I've been with forever and a day, was gay. I might be on a whole bunch of drugs and, and having meltdowns all the time, too. You know, I'm going to let Charity be. She's still annoying. She's just annoying with the justifiable cause. Lady May, yeah. They still ain't told the rest of the family that Gigi is somebody else's child. I feel like that's something y'all might want to speak up about. I mean, Gigi got to be pushing a good 40 at this point. Sophia about to go to college. What's Lamont Rucker's wife on the show? I'm sure she's a lovely woman in real life. She's the worst on the show. The brown wife with the little fro, Zora Mama. She's terrible. She be sitting at the family dinners, piping up, trying to tell people about their lives. And I just want to remind her, like, ma'am, you are no blood. You need to take the volume and the bass out your voice. Go down two levels on both accounts, ma'am. Cause you were sitting at the table piping up like you were naturally popped out or cut out of somebody. Ma'am, you are no blood relation. You are married in. You do not get to talk freely like that at the table. I don't care if you push in 20 years. Absolutely not, ma'am. Absolutely not. If Gigi had gone full old school Evelyn and flung a bottle across the table, I'm not saying she would have been right. I'm not saying she would have been wrong. Clarissa, that's her name. Clarissa is the worst. She's worse than charity. I'm over everyone in the house. Lady May was sitting up in a master suite in the king bed in her lingerie flashing herself for her now ex-husband. Talking about he had to make some effort and he can't come back in the bed until they're married. She want to be wooed. This show is crazy. I like these people, so I'll keep tuning in. But they still crazy, nonetheless. Nicki Minaj has announced her retirement to which I feel like the world asks, What's for dinner? I had sushi earlier, so I'm probably not gonna eat dinner because I had two rolls and that's like a lot of rice. And that was around six o'clock. So I feel like I could really just starve it out till morning. I may have some fruit though. That might be okay. But definitely not anything too heavy. I also did not go to the gym today. I'll definitely go tomorrow. But I just I had to run some errands and then like the Fox thing came up. I was just on Fox earlier today. Facebook just released its dating app in the U.S. I got a bunch of calls to talk about Facebook's new dating app. And I was like, Facebook has been considered a dating app since the beginning of time. Like whenever you want to find out what your high school or college ex or whoever you ain't seen in forever in a day, but you want to see again, you go search them up on Facebook. I know tons of people who were like, oh, yeah, we met on Facebook. Friends of friends suddenly became friendly and Facebook DMs or Messenger, whatever. So Facebook is now an official dating app, which I was like, they've been an official dating app. They're just actually branding it that way now. Good for them. Nikki's been struggling for a minute. She's been struggling, I think, since around the time Cardi appeared on the scene. She just never seemed to know what to do with real competition. I doubt she's like done and gone for good. She was like, I'm going to retire to start my family. And I was like, are are you currently pregnant? I mean, because you know, you can work while pregnant. You can you can be married and also work. I mean, you can choose not to. She absolutely has enough money where she can just go sit down for life and, and be good. But apparently she's going to go start a family with the guy who was once accused of rape. But let me say this, because I said this about Mr. Parker. It's been some years, maybe he's a better person now than the person he was then, I'd like to hope so. I actually hope this is not the last we see of Nicki Minaj. I think she's an incredibly talented woman. I think she got flustered by Cardi and just has never been able to recover and just doesn't have proper direction. I mean, the body is hot, the face is beautiful, the hair is what it is. It's just, there's been no evolution. So maybe this time off would be good for Nikki. She said retired. You're taking time off. You're not done, sis. Stop it. But I I hope that this time is good for her and she gets a chance to reflect on who she is and who she'd like to be. And she comes out and, and gives us the best of her talent. So I don't think she's been using her best. I think she's been relying on what worked before, not realizing that people have evolved and she had not. Last but not least, can we talk about Kevin Hart's accident? He had a car accident in L.A. It ran off the road. Cars totaled. Pictures of the car are horrifying. It's said that Kevin was not driving, that someone else was driving the car, and that a woman who was in the car who walked away unscathed, that she is the fiancé of the driver. He is in recovery from major surgery to his back Apparently, his spine was severed in three different places. They're saying that he's going to make a full recovery, that he will not be paralyzed, that he'll be fine. I hope that he does fully recover. I'm also going to say this. The story of that accident don't make no damn sense. It just doesn't. Other people have talked about the timelines of when, when the accident happened and when the 911 calls were made. And one witness said Kevin was pulled from the driver's seat but the other people in the car are saying he was a passenger. The part that blatantly doesn't make any sense to me, you were in a car accident in which the car was totaled and people who called 911 described you as out of it and incoherent. Again, he had surgery because his spine was severed. According to... Kevin Hart's camp at some point he left the scene of the accident and went home and then decided he needed medical attention and then went to the hospital how do you go from incoherent in a totaled car to getting to your house did he take himself there did someone take him there how did he get there And then a severed spine in one place, a severed spine in three places. Wouldn't all of these render you in extraordinary pain? I mean, I had like two vertebrae grazing each other and I was in severe pain for months. Sciatica. Your spine was severed in three different places and either you walked or you were in deep pain and someone moved you to your house? Instead of a hospital? Why? You tell me he left the accident and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little banged up, but I feel okay. And then he gets home and his head starts to hurt. He's like, you know, or his back starts to hurt. I'll be like, oh, okay. Like he felt fine. And now he's, you know, his back is stiff or he has a concussion. It may take time for the shock to wear off and for these, you know, these injuries to manifest. Like that makes sense. But a severed spine? I'm gonna sit around and wait for TMZ to come out with the real story on what happened. And I'm not even going to speculate as to why he may have been taken away or or what may have been happening in the car or what was in his system. I I don't know. I just I just know that the story doesn't logically add up. And now it's time to say goodbye to all my negro friends. That's it this week, folks. I've been going for a while, but I was gone for a while. So there was a lot to cover. Thank you for staying with me up until this point. I greatly appreciate you as always. If during the week you need some ratchetness or some respectability in your life, it happens. Please feel free to follow me on social media at Demetria L. Lucas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like the podcast, you enjoyed it, leave me a little message. Tell me that you liked it. Leave me, leave me five stars. Make up for the people who are leaving one. Anyway, that's all folks. I'll be back next week. Let's hope there are interesting things happening. So we have things to talk about. All right. Toodles for now. I'm going to enjoy LA summer, which does not end with Labor Day. Cause we stay hot through October. Okay, I'm really gone this time. I will talk to you soon. Tune in for Black Girls Rock on BET this Sunday. And is there anything else? I think that's it. We'll talk soon. Bye.